life of a long-term multitasker. This is the Casually Profound series, where conversations create deeper connections with others and yourself, where every interaction is an opportunity to laugh, think, and feel fully, where magical moments happen spontaneously and abundantly. This series has discussions that transcend the surface level of what people do or who they are in the outer world. It aims to normalize thinking. I hope for all those engaged in this discussion, including myself, the guest, and especially you, the active listener, we stop and ponder on the ultimate question, who am I really? All while enjoying every second of it, of course. All right, welcome everyone to another episode of the Size Eyes podcast and the Casually Profound series. I'm extremely excited today to be talking and um, chatting with Danielle Jefferson. Um, I met her, I think, a couple years ago virtually through, I think, I think Two Laundry might have been on a small business email list or something, um, and she reached out from a marketing perspective and just kind of been following her. Um, she has a, a small business, a solo business that she's, that she's crushing. Um, for the last few years and so it's been amazing to see her journey from afar and then finally got to meet her um, recently a couple months ago or last month actually and so um, really excited to dig into conversation with her one-on-one and really learn about how she thinks what she does um, how she lives her life and um, really excited to to be talking to you today Danielle I'm excited to be here <laughs> awesome yeah so we'll kind of kick off with a um, kind of gratitude um, so I'll, I'll kind of go first and I'll pass it off to you um, so I think for me last couple I, th- I think first thing I'm grateful for is like just amazing weather here in Charlotte <laughs> yeah. it's like I think I've been over indexing on the amount of time that I spent outside um, in the last last couple years or last year definitely since I moved to Charlotte a couple years ago and so um, I think taking advantage of the time that I can spend in like beautiful outdoors, whether it's reading, journaling, just people watching or whatever it is, I think just taking time to appreciate nature and its beauty. I think that's just some simple thing that I'm been grateful for, especially last couple of years, but very narrowly um, in, the, in the last month or week and a couple of days as well. How about yourself? I'm grateful for the opportunity to meet and connect with new people like you so previously before I started my business I was in corporate Uh and I didn't really realize that I wasn't going outside of my circle I wasn't meeting any new people I wasn't expanding and so I'm very grateful to be able to do that over the last few years with my business Mm -hmm. yeah I'm I'm just took a note of something so I'll I'll uh, I'll definitely be bringing that up at some point in the conversation Um, but yeah, so I think with that kind of gratitude, grateful mindset, um, we'll kind of do a quick visualization exercise. Um, we can close our eyes and hopefully listeners, you're following this as well. You can take a deep breath in through the nose and out through the mouth, just sinking in. To our bodies and really feeling 
everything from the top of our head all the way down to the tips of our toes and being present in this moment, this wonderful May morning at Freedom Park and imagining a, a wonderful conversation, an amazing, insightful, discovery-laden chat where we learn about each other and hopefully we learn about something about ourselves as well. Just feel that moment, feel that feeling at the end of the conversation. Awesome. We'll turn back to the present here. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I think first question that I always ask uh, guests and conversation partners are, um, who do others think Daniel Jefferson is? So it's a very big question, yeah. <laughs> or it could be a very small question, um, but I'll let you take it whichever direction you like. Who do others think Daniel Jefferson is? I think other people perceive me as a very organized person, uh, always having everything together and just very confident in everything that I do. Mm -hmm. Whether that's true or not. Yeah. <laughs> you should see my closet. Yeah. <laughs> I need to take a picture and show people that sometimes. I have the person, the organized person with the one closet that everything gets shoved in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think people see me as um, kind of someone to lean on, someone to, uh, you know, get stability from. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, sometimes I'm not all that stable. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> Right. Is there, um, I guess, have you always kind of had or have you leaned towards more organization, more stability or um, is that something like natural that comes to you or is it, I think I've seen people where um, it's almost, they almost need organization because they're so, I think, scatterbrained sometimes or whatever. So I've seen kind of both ends of the spectrum. I'm not sure where you would kind of categorize uh, you falling there, if if at all, in that spectrum. Yeah, I would say I'm typically very type A organized, just naturally. Uh -huh. um, but I also really do not like big fluctuations in uh, just what's going on in my life or my feelings. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, but so I and I always talk about this um, in my business too. I just like to have everything kind of in flow where it just, you know, you're going to have ebbs and flows and things are going to be up and down, but I, I just want the highs to be not quite so high and the lows to be not quite so low. I like to live everything sort of just on an even keel, yeah. uh, you know, which for some people is not that exciting. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not always that exciting, but it, you know, it's, uh, that's how I gain stability gotcha. with what I do. Mm -hmm. Is how have you kind of gotten to, I mean, I, I'm on the same boat of like, I, I try not to get too high, not, tr not try to get too low. Like, um, I love like e equanimity, right? Mm -hmm. Of like whatever situation is there. Have you kind of always um, leaned towards that side or like, are there things that, has, that have helped you get to that mindset? I think uh, 
naturally I'm introverted, naturally I'm shy. Mm -hmm. And so things I think tend to make me feel anxious and insecure and uh, probably push me more towards that side where I feel really pent up uh -huh. and nervous uh, throughout my whole life. And so really by forcing myself to do things that probably make me feel even more anxious and more nervous, uh -huh. um, that's how I'm able to kind of uh, practice it, like put good habits into place and mm -hmm. put good routines into place, which help me stabilize how I'm feeling almost I hate to say desensitize myself to it, but just like make yourself more comfortable with it. Maybe right, that's a yeah. better way to say it. Uh, so that I can do more things that I want to do without feeling so crazy inside. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I mean, you mentioned habits and routines. Are there any specific ones that help center and ground you there in that, in that mindset? I would say exercise. I try and exercise um, most days of the week just to get my energy out in a, in a productive way and um, to, to get everything moving. If mm -hmm. I don't exercise some, at some point in the morning, it's almost like I never wake up. It's so right. bizarre. It doesn't matter how much coffee I have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my blood doesn't flow or something's not firing to my brain. Yeah. So uh, I think exercise has always been something that I love to do in that regard. Gotcha. And you said you like working out in the, in the mornings? Is compared to, you know, some people like working out in like the lunch breaks versus like evenings mm -hmm. or nights or whatever. How, how do you kind of, do you like structure that in or is it kind of uh, just kind of like, it's part of your like identity now. Like how, how does mm -hmm. that play I out? I do. And I used to be a nighttime workout person. Oh, okay. <laughs> and what was happening was I would go and work out after work when I had a nine to five uh -huh. and I would not eat dinner until later and then I would be amped up. Yeah. And then I couldn't go to bed until midnight. And so I would mm. never want to wake up and try and work out in the morning because I was too tired. Right. And so somehow, I don't know, I just forced myself one week just to start going in the mornings and it flipped. Yeah. And it's been great. Um, but th I would say that's probably how I like to do things. It's I will force myself to do something that I don't like to do and just keep doing it until it feels a little bit more natural yeah <laughs> um, and so that's how I got into working out in the morning and now if I don't work out in the morning it's just not happening so mm. I guess I could force myself to start working out at night again but then I would never go to sleep right yeah yeah <laughs> yeah because I, I felt that um, yeah for me I think I when I first started working out or I guess like let's say after college it was more I would just kind of it would be in the evening like mm. after work like 5 6 p.m. and then uh, I, I realized I, I could get, um, or so like so right right now, I, I prefer to almost work out in the evenings. Depending on the day, I worked out this morning, but <laughs> I guess that goes counterproductive. What I said, but most days, like during the weekdays, I try to work out in the evening, because I think I I view things from like a, a, let's say an energy perspective, of like, of what things create energy versus what things let's say, don't give me energy, right? Like, I think conversations like this give me energy or like taking a course like Lauren's gives me energy, right? Um, and a lot of things give me energy. Um, I think when I work out at in the evening, if I'm in a mood to like do things afterwards, I think that really helps my mindset of um, like gives me energy for the next three or four hours before I go to sleep, but with enough of a, a ramp down time where I'm not like an insomniac. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Um, 
but yeah, so it's, I, I, have you felt anything like that? Um, I yeah. guess before? Yeah, I would, I mean, I think that's why I do work out in the mornings now because it does give me energy for the day. And it's also just, quite frankly, for my lifestyle. So I have a four-year-old son. Yeah. <laughs> if I don't do it in the morning before he wakes up or like right after he goes to school, then it, I just don't. I, I don't have time in the evenings because of our right. you know, evening routine. So just uh, by sheer nature of that, yeah. <laughs> I don't have the time. But yeah, like I said, if I don't work out, I almost feel like I never wake up. So it's giving me energy to you know, talk to clients during the day because what, from what I do, I have to give a lot of energy yeah. to my clients. And sometimes it's two or three clients, you know, just in that morning block. Mm -hmm. And I, I need to have energy to do that. So it's a combo of working out and coffee. All right. <laughs> are, are there any other, like, any things you specifically focus on from a diet standpoint? So you got like the working out that really helps you like wake up, right? Um, anything from the diet side that really helps in addition to coffee? <laughs> uh, I would love to say that I eat everything uh, healthy and I do not. Uh, well, I mean, I think <laughs> most people, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, that is one of the things that I strive to get back to. Um, it's just hard with kids just to, yeah. you know, sometimes you just don't have, you know, the energy to go to the grocery store and prep all the food right. and get all the healthy things. So. Not really. I mean, I love um, I love smoothies. I love you know good like Greek yogurt and okay. granola and stuff in the morning. But mm -hmm. no, food is somewhere I could I could work on. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think a lot of people have yeah because it, it's it is um, I guess are, are there any uh, um, like evening routines or anything that help you kind of wind down or like help you prepare for the next day that get you in that right mindset you know it's funny what my husband and I are doing right now is separately we'll sit on the couch after um, my son goes to sleep and we'll do an online crossword puzzle oh okay. so it kind of just helps you get the mental energy out of your head yeah and just work your brain a little bit and just not be watching TV Right. It's like stimulating your brain a little bit mm. and we love to fall asleep to ridiculousness okay have you ever watched that no it is that a it's on mtv okay. it's almost uh kind of like um like a it's not like jackass but it's like <laughs> jackass meets america's funniest home videos where they're just finding clips on the internet oh, okay and it's like people doing dumb stuff uh -huh. but it's so it's just short clips and the episodes are like 30 minutes and we'll watch you know one or two of them and it's just sort of mindless oh. <laughs> so we watch people basically hurting themselves before <laughs> we go to bed <laughs> so basically just tiktok on a I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. So we do crossword puzzles and we watch ridiculousness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a balance. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is right. Um, I guess is there. Um, I guess how how do you view balance? Because um, I, I feel like everyone has a lot of like their own interpretations and the way they live out and act out and think about balance in their own lives. How do you view that? It's I. I think it's different now that I have my own business and I'm not in a corporate environment. Yeah. Um, it was very hard to find balance previously with not working all the time and not always being tied to um, your computer or checking your email on your phone. Now my balance is, how do I feel? It's, it's very strange. I'm mm. not a very feely person, but I've become more in tune with 
did I like the way I felt today? Or did I like that interaction with that person? Or yeah. is this making me feel good? Um, more now that I, I think I have space to think about it. Right. And I'm not just like trying to plow through the day. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I find a good balance in, you know, was I able to help somebody today? A client or somebody else, right? Right. And was I able to enjoy other things I was doing today? Was I able to spend time playing outside with my son? Was I able to, um, you know, go to the grocery store and get chores done for the house? Like just other things in life. What yeah. is the whole thing that we're trying to live? Right, exactly. Is um, it, it's it's interesting from because I I'm also I think I try to not have uh, I I try, I try to think about things more quantifiably, in a sense, right? Like very more systems mindset, mm -hmm. and um, I'll try to maybe quantify things like feelings it's like hey like how did I feel today how did I mm -hmm. what was my I have like a, a, a journal like a bullet journal list journal that I write down what my like balance score was so then it's like out of out of a hundred you know so then I just like write what I felt throughout the day as well so it's it's kind of interesting to c combine both the the quantifiable pieces of our life with the essentially unquantifiable pieces of our life right and finding that balance and equilibrium in between um, that's interesting yeah I never thought of doing it that way uh -oh. um, go ahead sorry I think I'm getting better at feeling okay with not knowing why something feels out of balance or uh -huh. needing to figure out a way for me to get it back in balance I've gotten better at just saying like Today felt kind of funny. I'm going to just like let that flow to tomorrow. I think yeah. the other week my husband asked me if something was wrong in the morning. Not, like I wasn't, nothing was wrong with me, but I just was irritated. Yeah. And he said, are you upset that you didn't hear back from this person yet? Like what's wrong? And I said, I don't really know. I wasn't really sure why yeah. I was feeling that way. And then the next day it was okay. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I've, as I've been on this journey, I think it's just given me more space to say, this is uh, an entrepreneurship is a crazy ride and that's okay and you just kind of have to let it happen right exactly yeah yeah so I mean you mentioned a few times already so we'll just dig in into what was that balance like or imbalance like in it from a corporate job that you had before and that transition from corporate workplace to having your own business I, you can if you want to walk me through that kind of that process. Yeah, I think my corporate experience was slightly different from others because I was a work from home employee for oh, okay. like 10 plus years. Really? So um, I started working from home, I'd have to say somewhere around 2007. I can't quite remember. So, okay. so, it, so even way before COVID. Before, before COVID, <laughs> you're, before you're, Zoom, yeah. before anything, yeah. right? So um, just me and a laptop and a phone. And yeah. um, so I was used to that. And the problem with that is you also had to get used to your working from your home space. And yeah. so it was very hard for me to separate 
working all the time especially at that point it was just me and my husband we didn't have a son and so there wasn't anything to physically pull me away from it Mm -hmm. um and i would find myself responding to requests at any time right yeah for no reason when nobody really expected it except people did kind of expect it and that was the culture right yeah um the immediate response and you know being available for you know two different meetings at one time while answering emails yeah. while someone's sending you an instant message and whatever it is right and so yeah. the the balance now is I focus where I'm focusing and then I'm done with that and then I'm moving to something else mm-hmm. because you really cannot be successful and not burn out the other way right so I guess so when you shifted into having your own business, was there a period of, like when you were starting it up, was there a period of like imbalance in a sense where you're trying to like get over that activation energy, if you will, right? Yes, (laughs) Uh, I call it the corporate hangover. Uh. (laughs) And a lot of people who move out of corporate and into entrepreneurship feel the same, where you just feel like you have to be working all the time for no reason, regardless of whether you've done what you've needed to do for that day. Um, and so that's right. what I try and help people with now is if you have planned out what you need to do and you get that accomplished, like the point of owning your own business is go do something else right. you want to do. You're done now. You're done. Yeah, You're not day. tied. <laughs> it, it, and it was crazy too because I would feel uh, like I had to constantly check my computer to see if somebody needed something from me. Yeah. I was not on a network. No right. one knew. No one was like connected <laughs> to me. No one was trying to ping me for anything. No one was sending me an email that I couldn't be in charge of, right? Yeah. And so it was this weird um, sort of like ghost feeling of like okay, yeah. of my corporate <laughs> life, um, where I felt like I always needed to be doing something. Uh-huh. And it took me, I would say, probably a good uh, nine months to a year to just detach from that and mm. say, no, I own my own time. What I'm doing is uh, I'm in charge of myself. I'm doing what I want to be doing. And it's up to me Uh to determine, (laughs) uh, you know, how much or little I do today. Yeah. And, you know, I have goals that I've set for myself and I have targets that I want to hit. And so whatever effort I'm putting in is, you know, it's being driven by myself. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So what was that? that nine to 12 month process like like in in the weeds for like for anyone I mean it's like this is can be specifically applicable for me um starting a business right and then maybe for anyone who's listening who's also thinking about hey I'm thinking about starting a business but I'm in you know a nine to five not, not even nine to five right it's like nine to nine or whatever it is like corporate job right what were those like any like key takeaways key insights that you learned about yourself during that nine to 12 month process? I learned and I I recently reflected on this too, that in corporate failure is not okay. And in entrepreneurship, failure is required Mm. because you just cannot learn anything unless you try something and you're not going to succeed at all of it immediately or even ever because you're just not. Because you're trying so many things. Yeah. It's just the law of averages, right? Right. So um, you will move faster if you stop trying to hone in on the one thing you think you should be doing and push that so hard. Try all the things. 
So it's almost like an agile approach. Yeah, yeah. Where you're trying all the things at one time and just like, like seeing iterating. what hits. Yeah. yeah. And just seeing what hits. Um, because if you you will move so much faster if you if you try more things and fail at more things because and you and I are on the same page about this, it's just more data. Right, right? yeah. So <laughs> exactly. it's just more data to know what to do and how to move forward and you'll just be so much farther ahead than if you just said, I'm gonna focus on this one thing and I'm just gonna hone in on that and go. Mm -hmm. uh, I probably spent a lot of time being frustrated and um, defeated and upset during that first that first period of months uh -huh. um, because I was too afraid to fail. Mm. Like in, in your solo business? Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, I guess, are there any other examples of times that you were, you were inhibited by your fear of failure during that nine to 12 months or even afterwards that like looking back now you're like oh okay like i should have just like gone for it every time yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i think that's one of the the muscles that i've started to build is just being able to put something out there and try it regardless of whether i think it's going to hit or not um it's it's learning to not put quite as much effort into it as mm -hmm. you would want to and not make it as perfect as you would want to because you don't really know if it's going to work. So you don't, right. you shouldn't be putting that much effort into it. You should just be doing, you know, proof of concept or, you know, version 1.0, whatever it is, right? Just to kind of yeah. get it out the door to see if that's what you want to do. Um, mm -hmm. I would say I lived the first part of my business journey trying to make everything tied up like and perfect, perfect yeah. and putting so much effort in and then you get so attached to it that yeah. when it doesn't land yeah. you feel so personally offended yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it's like that's that's not actually what's happening you it's you you are get, just getting information to be able to change but you put so much into it mm. that you can't detach yourself from it mm, that's an so issue if, yeah if you if you don't sounds funny don't put so much effort in <laughs> yeah you can move faster right learn more from what's happening because you're able to put things out faster and you're going to get to where you want to get to easier because you are able to let go of things that maybe didn't work yeah is there anywhere that you think the uh that fear of failure or the like the the aversion towards it in a corporate setting is there anywhere do you think that like stems from um or like that you've seen in in your experience like working corporately it's like i was like oh like i saw examples of this at my like nine to five job where they acted on basically a fear of failure yeah, I mean, I think that's the culture. I think it's um, it's a lot of the culture that we have just in general in America, mm -hmm. and especially in corporate. If you are tasked with doing something, it's supposed to be amazing the first time. Yeah. But if you've never done that before, why, why on earth would we think that would be <laughs> right the first time? And how much better would it be should you have done something not even wrong, just not where you need it to be. And people were able to 
give feedback and then that you know gave you another idea and you did something else so I think there was so much pressure in corporate to have everything be exactly right the first time and you didn't right. want to show it to any but that's why everything takes so damn long and yeah, yeah nobody wants to show it to anybody right. because you're taking so much time to make it perfect yeah because people are going to get upset if it's not right the first time mm -hmm. which doesn't make any sense right i mean like life is imperfect mm -hmm. right at least that's the way i view it it's like we're all, we're all a work in progress it's like you know i gotta work on my my health my eating <laughs> habits right like everything mm -hmm. right um i guess is there for, for anyone listening who doesn't know um do you want to explain kind of your business and business model right now and how that has progressed in the last few years sure so i am a ceo coach and a business operations consultant specifically for small businesses so i work with people like us the solopreneurs um all the way up to uber small businesses like 10 people and under people who are really doing it all because uh, generally people start businesses around a passion and something they love and they just want to do that thing but they don't realize that they have to operate and manage their entire business yeah. as the ceo right uh, and there are easier ways to doing it than they are making it happen for themselves mm. and um, that's what my background was in corporate I did uh, process and operations and change management and uh, I can help with that because I have an expertise right. in that um, what I started as was calling myself a virtual COO uh -huh. and so what I found was that I had iterations of what I was doing. So I was helping people individually. I have, um, you know, some group programs and just trying to figure out how, what is the best way to just be able to help the people that I want to help. And so through iterations of that, I realized I actually need to be looking at it more as a coach because I'm not coming in and doing COO work for you. Right. I'm not going to do your stuff. I want to uh -huh. teach you how to do your stuff yeah. so that you're not dependent on me forever. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and so that's what I love to do. I love to tell people the exact secrets to managing your business in a way that is easier and helps you live the life that you want to live. Because as we said before, you didn't like just decide to make a business to work take like pick up your corporate life and right. work full time in your business no you probably wanted to spend more time doing whatever else you wanted to do in right. your life uh -huh. um you know for me that could either be spending more time with my family or it could be watching bravo i don't know right yeah like, whatever <laughs> it is that day right yeah. um so i just really want to help people manage their business in a way that makes it successful but also doesn't run their lives right exactly that makes sense so I imagine then, uh, I mean, I've seen your, like, the email newsletters, like, contents, some of your, um, like, webinars and stuff like that. Obviously, a lot of huge focus on, like, process and then systems, right? Um, like, I, I think I'm, uh, like, I, I fancy myself as a systems thinker, but I don't think, don't think I have as much experience as, as, uh, as you certainly do. Um, how did you kind of inculcate that mindset behind the systems? thinking type of mentality 
Yeah, so uh, when I started in corporate, I started within a quality and productivity area, which was cool because I just happened into it and it just kind of fit my personality nicely. And so I pursued uh, my black belt in Six Sigma, which is a process improvement discipline. Right. And um, it just sort of naturally fit. And so I learned, you know, all the technical things. But what I did uh, in my career was I was always uh, helping or supporting a business unit with their processes. So it was never anything I owned. I was always kind of coming in and helping them from an outside objective perspective. Uh Uh-huh do things better, faster, stronger, make it easier, whatever it was that we were looking at, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And that really gave me the background and the confidence to say, I can do this for small businesses because I don't need to know, like I'm not the expert in your business, you're the expert in your business, let me help you from an objective perspective, figure out why this, how to make this thing easier figure out how to make this thing better Uh, and so the other part of that is I also worked with people a lot and most of it is not even uh, you know just the process it's the the change management around it and so that is sort of Mm. the people change around a process change okay and so that is it's so important whether you have a team or it's just a solo person yeah you have to change your mindset and so a lot of it is mindset right and that's it's a whole other piece of the puzzle yeah because it's very it's it's simple and it's complex complex from the perspective of if it's a solopreneur it's like or if it's an organization, you have like, all right, here's my role, here's here's this person's role, here's like COO, here's CTO, here's CEO, like, and on down the org chart, they can fit in nicely in the, in a sense, right? But then when it's like a solopreneur, you almost have to like put on the hat of CEO, put on the hat of COO, or like, and take it off, and then put on the hat of CTO, take it off, put on the hat of, you know, CFO. Yeah, the very first thing I always ask everyone to do is make their company org chart. Uh-huh. And I don't care if your name is under every single role that you just listed, yeah. right? But you need to understand that you have all of these departments and all of these different roles that you yeah. have to play. Um, because that that's the part that trips people up. They're only in the delivery or service part of it. They're mm-hmm. not realizing they have to do all of these other things. Have you been feeling that at all since you um. started yet? Of, of like the over like overwhelm of not like, overwhelm but just like you know experiencing all of the different roles yeah yes I think just uh, like the transition let's say from my corporate job which I had before was like a technical consultant for a year plus at a big consulting firm um, and then transitioning to a startup at two laundry where I'm still at of my if you created a job description for what I've done in the last two and a half years there you know, I feel like every month is almost changes, right? Um, but like that, I think has allowed me to take off a hat, put on a different one. So I think I've um, brought in that mindset of like, all right, whatever the team needs right now, and but still within like a, a marketing um, function, all right? So I think I've gained a lot of experience through the startup, right? And then now transitioning to expanding the scope from just marketing to a a full organization right Mm -hmm. yeah I've definitely experienced like all right I gotta keep my marketing hat on for like the branding for the website for all this other stuff like the sales piece of it Um, but then there's like the operation side of like here's 
like what is my actual like product right what is my actual product that I'm focusing on um, and not just like fluffy things which are necessary um, but what are the like for me what are the tangible deliverables that I can give to a client like I think focusing in on that like then creating the videos creating the worksheets um, going through Lauren's course has helped me not only from a business creation standpoint but a of how to operate a coaching business right so it's almost a double learning inception style of uh, learning there and so I think I've definitely gained a lot of respect um, for like small business and especially um, um, solopreneurs mm -hmm. who have to have to do that constantly yes um, I was watching uh, I don't know if you follow, follow Layla at process driven I don't know if you've heard of her no. um, she, like, she started a company a couple years ago. I've just been following some of her YouTube videos for the last few months. And she has something called a, a process org chart. I don't know if you've heard of it or like maybe seen it. it or sounds used amazing. It. Tell yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it's like an org chart that has, um, well, so when we think of an org chart, it's, you know, CEO, you know, C-suite level people, and then mid-level management, managers, et cetera, mm -hmm. right? Um, but then if you think about it, um, like the org uh, a customer or a client, they'll go through the org chart, not not vertically, but mm -hmm. they'll go through it horizontally, mm -hmm. right? So then how do we map that, um, map our company processes um, like horizontally as the customer progresses through it, right? Mm -hmm. So like the sales and marketing is one that they first interact with, then it's the operations, and then it's, let's say, customer service, and then maybe it's finance for the account, um, you know, the, the fulfillment of it or something, right? And so... Um, creating that process org chart or at least creating those processes that would make up that process org chart is has been really exciting for me because I've been starting to do that with uh, my business and I think it's it's a really it's a game changer to in addition to thinking about things like organizationally starting to think about them process wise as well mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you've encountered something similar I do that yeah. um, I didn't know it was called that but oh, no. that's what I do because so as I said, I asked my clients to always start with their org chart, and then I said, let's talk about what are the processes that happen under each of these functions. Yeah. And then uh, the very first thing I always um, start with in terms of when we dive deep into a process is the end-to-end -end client process, mm. which starts at discovery, right. you know, sales, marketing, and then all the way through, I say, till they, they die. They're the yeah. <laughs> they're your client forever. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's a great way to think about it, and... Um, I don't generally get uh, you and I think like that, but I don't generally get that way with my clients just because it's it's a it's a lot. So er I, kinda, I try to sneak it in, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. I love that concept. I, I like that. I like that name of it. Yeah, I, I think they trademarked it, so I've, I've got to. Yeah. I've, <laughs> Stop saying it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, <laughs> or at least credit. Yeah, yes. credit them. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm, I've been using something else in my the lessons uh -huh. plans or whatever. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. And yeah. that's exactly how you should think about it. And that's um, that's one of the pillars that I have, like one of my core values um, for my company is client-first mindset. Because since I am so deep in process, you can get very insular in how you're thinking about that and make changes that negatively impact your clients or customers. And right. we always have to make sure that we're thinking about is something good for you? Is something good for your client? 
I generally don't have anybody make changes that don't have benefits on both sides. Yeah. Um, unless it just has to happen. But we definitely don't want to negatively impact anything. And so it's always leading with that client first mindset. And that's why I say like, let's start with your end to end process and see how you're treating your clients. Right. Exactly. Cause I, I, I like, I launched a, uh, the landing page that I mentioned to you, I guess off, off recording here of like for my coaching business and like there are words that I resonate with, right? That makes sense in my head, right? But I think understanding the pain points most acutely with a potential client, but then not just using my language, but using their language, mm -hmm. right? It's almost like you have, I heard somewhere was like taking a sales course online. Um, where it's like you have to describe the customer's pain points better than they can describe it themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, okay, how do like, how do I actually get into their mind? Right. And so it's almost like a chicken and egg situation of like, all right, who is the client? And then how do you think like them? And so it's kind of circular in a sense, but it's got to start somewhere. Right. Mm -hmm. But getting that market validation, getting throw a word out there and see what yeah, exactly, right? and if that one doesn't resonate, take it down. <laughs> no one will know it was there anyway. Exactly. Yeah, Just that's follow the that. beauty of doing it. Yes. <laughs> Following that agile mindset. Yeah. Right. Yes, exactly. But yeah, I mean, I've worked with so many different clients who are experts, absolute experts in what they do, but they're talking mm -hmm. like the expert. And I'm like, nobody understands what that means. Right. Nobody knows what you're saying to them. Talk mm -hmm. to people in the language that they understand uh, and that will resonate with them so much more. Mm -hmm. So yeah, mm -hmm. when I do things, I, I try and uh, genericize the language to not be technical or not be in um, you know too much process terms yeah because they're not thinking about it in terms of process they're thinking about it in like the work I have to do in my business yeah but it is process whether, whether right, you yeah. know it or not right <laughs> yeah like I've, yeah like I almost see it now everything as as a system as a process of like mm -hmm. it, it just it makes sense to me in my head right and probably to you as well mm. Right, it's like you know the side, this like sidewalk. That was a system to build a sidewalk. It was a system to build the solar, you know, lights over there. Right, everything is a, like nature itself is a system yes. too. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's like, I think using our strengths there, but then that I feel like over index on that. That could also be a weakness of like not being able to relate to people who don't think like that. Yes. Right. <laughs> I always say to my clients. How can we make the first entry point? So if you think about what you said in terms of the, you know, the process and where that fits into your org chart with that sales and marketing or the first, you know, touch point to you, how do you remove that barrier to entry by having them feel like you understand how they feel and you're talking to them in words that they can understand because they came to you to solve a problem. Yeah. They didn't come to feel confused. Yeah. <laughs> so not only do you need to speak to them plainly, like in language everybody can understand, but you need to be the leader in the process for them. So don't make them work to have to solve their problem. That's why they're paying you. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Is there any... Uh, um, so I guess in that mindset, though, there are almost two things there of... Um, like the ability to talk to someone, let's say, and put yourself in their shoes of having a beginner's mindset, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's one important aspect. On the other side, but also tangential, is the ability 
to let's say if we want to be like let's say top x percent quote unquote of like people in our f in, in the field of systems processes whatever right f for our specific niche then i think there's also the ability or necessary ability to like think about things like have that technical language as well think about things like very deep right how do you kind of balance that of like looking at things like here are the top top you know systems thinkers or top process people in our in the in the space right how do you kind of balance that i think the key again is try is taking your expertise and making it accessible to everybody else so if you're not good at what you're doing, you're not really able to help anyone. But if you can't communicate how you're able mm -hmm. to help, you're n they're not going to let you help. Right, yeah. <laughs> so um, I think it's, it's being able to do that work in your head internally and uh -huh. synthesize the expertise and the technical part of it. And I think the magic is popping that out on the other end and having a light bulb go off in someone's head who doesn't have that same expertise and say yes that's exactly what I need to do or mm -hmm. yes I get exactly what you're saying now that's that's what I love to see I don't I I don't live in the the technical part of it a lot I guess okay. because I'm trying to always make it applicable gotcha. to um, really to every situation and that is process right yeah when something is everything's a process and everything's right. applicable no matter what type of business it is or what yeah. you're doing it's it's easy to say yeah let's just pop that in there let's do this like, i've seen this where the i have had two clients and um that i feel are similar to each other and I, their processes mirror each other a lot uh -huh. and that's landscaping and interior design yeah those are yeah two very uh, their processes distant. are identical yeah <laughs> i have to tell you just with the way that they do things and um it, you know, to me, everything looks that way. Like it looks very similar, but it's in being able to make people understand that yes, this does work for me is where I I love to see those light bulbs go off. Mm, perfect. Um, also, yeah. So I I usually take a little bit of time here. We don't societally societally we don't normally do this in a conversation. At least I haven't seen it where we kind of take time to pause, um, and so. If we, uh, we can just take 30 seconds, one minute, just to kind of reflect on what we've said, what we've thought about. Um, oh. <laughs> and then... To um, stretch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. To stretch, <laughs> stretch our minds, stretch our bodies. Um, and then after the kind of pause, um, I'll ask you to ask me a question. Because um, I think I can... We really understand how a person thinks, not only by the answers that they provide, but also by the questions that they are asking others and asking themselves. And so after the pause, I'll ask you to ask your question um, and then we can go from there.
Awesome. Anything I bring in your mind? Are you burning question to ask me? <laughs> uh, it's a two-part question. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> uh, so the first part of it is, how did you know that you wanted to start your own business from where you are now to, to what you want to do? Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> I would say, I think, under, first ex- experience, um, and then second, uh, understanding more of myself and who I am. So on the experience side, um, I built, or sorry, I was watching like a YouTube video that my brother sent me a couple of years ago by August Bradley. Um, and like he's, um, like he's big into Notion. Um, and so like he's, I think he spoke at their like block by block Notion conference a few months ago. Um, so he's like pretty big in that world. Um, and so he built his, and showcased his like life operating system, for example, in that YouTube series of like 20, 30 plus videos of 15 to 30 minutes long. And I built my own um, system there and then used it, leveraged it for, um, so that was like in October, November of 2020. So I used it for the entirety of 2021. And I saw the immense potential that I didn't know I had after I built it and started utilizing it. It's like, oh wow, this is amazing. And I think understanding that, like how much, understanding how much I didn't know, not only about that, but about myself, right? And so having that system in mind, part of it is like, um, like defining purpose, mission and values for myself, right? Because we do it on an organizational level, but I think if, especially for a solopreneur, then we, we are organizations ourselves, right? And so, but how much time do we actually take to have, define our own purpose, mission, values, vision, et cetera, right? And so getting that clarity, which brings to the second point of understanding who I was a little bit more. Um, so it's kind of both helped, uh, one helped the other and the other way around too, of like, okay, by, by journaling, by going deeper, by, let's say, um, like intuitive insights, I was like, okay, I, like, I am really passionate about creating things. Um, and so like, that's something that I've found out through, let's say through work as well. It's like, I love the going from zero to one, right? And that process of going from zero to one, like really excites me. I'm, I have a lot of improvement from going from one to 10, right? <laughs> Um, and then we'll see what, you know, from 10 to hundred, right. But going from zero to one of like starting something from scratch, building something of my own that really like excited me. So then with my new love for systems of building that life operating system and using it myself, um, and customizing it for myself and then creating things, I was like, okay, there's a lot of value here that I found for myself. I can hopefully provide equal, if not more value. For other people so that's kind of how I started and thinking about and formulating that idea of starting something and then um, now like the rubber has hit the road and um, going full steam ahead right now awesome. <laughs> that goes right into the second part of my question yeah. which is what is the impact that you want to have on the world with your business oh big question <laughs> Um, and the world meaning individual like, people yeah, yeah. or, you know, what, what value do you want that to have in the world? Um, 
on an immediate level, uh, I want to normalize thinking um, because I think I think society has trained us to normalize doing, right? Like we're always in action, we're always in motion, right? But then how often do we take time to think, right? I, I think it's might be easier for, I guess, introverts <laughs> to like, all right, like I'll go back to my place and like think and journal or do whatever, right? Um, but I think that process of, um, of thinking about the world, about myself and how I relate to the world and how the world relates to me um, I think that is one thing that I wanted to normalize, right? So the system that I'm building for, or to help others build themselves, actually. So I don't, I don't want to create, I don't want to create systems for other people. I want to help people create systems for themselves, right? I think it's the same thing that mm-hmm. your like business is, is built around as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I want to like, from a stage perspective, I s- foresee the life operating system as the easy, the quote unquote easiest way to um, to start that from the ground. I'm a very bottom up approach rather than a top down approach. Um, and so like if I start from the bottom up, that's like a life operating system for a single person. Right. And then um, like I'm working towards, let's say, having an organizational operating system, which is a little bit more complex because you have more moving pieces and more employees. Um, or functions, perhaps, etc. Right, and then from there, like I'm really passionate about education as well. So, like being a coach now will kind of uh, bridge that gap as well. Like I can say I've experienced from an educational realm, mm-hmm. um, and then there, I think there's a lot of improvements from a governmental, political um, structure, not just in the U.S. but around the world as well. So, like I want to progress to that stage, um, and like even like the way we live, um, it's it, it, there's a lot of improvement there, I think. Um, and so, like, I think from a stage perspective that this is, like, where I'm starting, but, like, that's my end goal of, like, I want to help people think. I want to help people realize their full potential by understanding that creating systems is not a way to be bogged down, but it will allow people have more access to their potential. And so that's the end goal goal for or you know an so end you do goal want to have an impact yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah my world you know like for one person and hopefully hopefully the world yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing yeah how, how about yourself in terms of where you thought you were um when you first started like transitioning from full-time job to solopreneur and then maybe how has that transitioned over time yeah i think uh when i first started my business i thought i I have this expertise, I have this background, I can just take this and help small businesses because mm-hmm. I'm tired of working in corporate. And through that, it's uh, evolved into, I want to ensure that these small business owners, these small business CEOs who have sometimes put their life savings, have put um, you know their passion, have put their you know, time with their families into these businesses. And often they are family businesses because, you know, just by, just because it has to be, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, you know, that they are really creating the life that they want through Mm -hmm. this. And they aren't letting their one-time passion 
become something that is overtaking the life that they set out to create for themselves. And you see a lot of people leave their businesses because of that. They're so burnt out. Yeah. They're leaving their families. And if you're starting something that you love, I want you to continue to be in love with your business. Right. And still have the life that you want. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that, that for me, it is on a very individual level. Uh-huh. Is there like any goal or like, I don't know, like a, I struggle to say quantifiable, but um, obviously like, let's say more life balance, more um, like time with family, like that type of stuff. Um, or like, is there like a certain amount of like clients you're like, okay, like this is my maximum like I don't want to like is there a stage where you like okay I can build out my business here with like more people or like you're do you have the mindset of like okay, like this is a sustainable and I'm very happy where I'm at right now like I kind of want to keep status quo I want to run as many CEOs as I can through my 90-day accelerator program because I really believe that that gives them the tools quickly to uh-huh. be able to go off and do it on their own without having to spend months and months and months with me as a coach there are some people who do want that coach (laughs) and I'm happy to do that as well but that will be more limited going forward Mm -hmm. um, than it is right now so I want to shift to expanding my 90-day program so that as many people as possible can have accessibility to to those tools and those resources Um, and each other, quite frankly, as you've seen right. probably going through a group program, it's not just the information you're given, it's the community that you're surrounding yourself with. Yeah. Because being an entrepreneur is lonely. <laughs> and you don't right. really know if you're doing the right thing either, unless you have somebody to talk with that about. Right. Um, but I also want to focus, I find a lot of uh, people that I start working with have really amazing businesses that have really huge impact to the world and so that is important to me um i don't know that my business like by virtue of just what it is has that impact but i want to help other businesses that have that impact like um you know literacy consultants teaching making sure that every child can read yeah that's important right yeah (laughs) or um you know uh, another client does uh disability recruiting firm for uh, people with disabilities so that she can help place disabilities um, uh, in roles for corporations that need to fill jobs and uh, educating the corporations on how to uh, work successfully with employees that have a disability. Mm. That's important. Yeah. Um, Other ones would be like sustainable like sustainable products things like that where it's like I can't physically do that because that's not my expertise right but I want to help these people be able to do that so that's where I want to focus is number one as many people as possible (laughs) I want to be able to give the tools to but then I also want to be able to go deep with businesses who are really having that major impact on the world yeah yeah because I think the um so like I think when people say like working in the business and working on the business, right? How would you characterize what your business does for other businesses? How much of it is in the business versus on the business for their business? Uh, 
so the nature of my business is working on your business right, right? okay um, and so that's what I'm helping them do because most business owners spend the majority of their time in the business and then then spend any other rest of their time eking out what they can do on the business and that's what burns them out that's what keeps them working nights and weekends because they're yeah. doing all the other stuff then and that's what keeps them from um, accelerating forward is that they haven't you know done the foundational work on everything else so and that being said I also really help them with the processes that support what they love to do of their in the business work yeah. by making an amazing client experience right. right putting those processes in place so that they can really provide that service to their clients yeah. that knock their socks off so yeah <laughs> I, I like to do both I, I I really do want them to see the impact of how it's improving the lives of their clients but also how it's improving their life too mm -hmm. so like for like let's say your business specifically how much do you work in the business versus on the business I would say probably half and half really really okay yeah because I am very uh, I'm very careful with how much time I have allocated to spend with clients and then I am you know very conscious of what do I need to do to keep planning for my business what do I need to do to keep moving my business forward uh, one of the things I do encourage people to do which I have on my list to plan yeah yeah <laughs> is a CEO day so it's how yeah. are you taking basically like a retreat or an offsite for yourself yeah even if you're the only person and like having that dedicated time to think yeah about <laughs> what you need to do for your business so um, I like to do things like that uh, just you know constantly revisiting my plans constantly revisiting my forecasts what am I doing how do I need to shift what I'm doing based on where I am right now and what I thought would happen but didn't happen kind mm. of thing so yeah. I would say half and half nice well, so where then where do you like when clients come to you or prospective clients come to you where do you see that balance lying when they when they come to you if you're saying like for for you the ideal balance is let's say 50 50 where do you see clients coming and is it like 90 10 like in the business and then on or is it like 100 zero or <laughs> Most of the time, yeah, it's closer on the 90% in yeah. the business side. And I don't even know that 50-50 is ideal for anybody mm -hmm. um, because what I, the problem with is that you're constantly recreating things. You're just creating more work for yourself, right? Yeah. And everything is, is crazy all the time and you're working too many hours. Ultimately, I want as much of that stuff to be on autopilot for people as possible. So you have the processes down. Yeah. You have, and, and you and I know that processes are living things and they're never on autopilot. You have right. to you know, tend to them. Yeah. But as much as you can, I'd love for you to spend time laying all of those things and then get back to working more in your business because that's why you started it. So right. it's sort of like an ever-evolving, changing shift of percentage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I think... Uh, yeah, like let's say during ebbs and flows, uh, maybe a high tide. Let's say during uh, during let's say every three months, right? Like from a natural quarterly mm -hmm. planning cycle, mm -hmm. right? It's like all right, leveraging more time for working on the business, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think I've found that like at our startup, we um, we spend more time, yeah, spend more time in the business. I think just because we have we need to like hire more, for example, like very relevant right now. Um, but then I think that'll alleviate 
a little bit more time to work on the business to mm-hmm. improve it. So I think it's like yeah. that cycle. You've reached and like another level and you have to redo everything now. Not completely, but you right. have to revisit and yeah. figure out what you need to do to keep moving and sustain where you are. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Is, is there any uh, specific place that you're looking at for those uh, CEO days for yourself or for other people? A place to go or a, a date? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out what day to do it. Oh. Um, no, I generally encourage people to just not make it so hard and not try and make it so, um, like sometimes when you feel like you have to plan to go somewhere, it seems harder to do. So I just like to go, you know, get coffee in the morning somewhere where I normally wouldn't and sit somewhere, you know, I I like to do them in the nice times of the year. So like sit outside when I would normally sit in my office or come, you know, to a park or something, just whatever it is, just something local and, and easy. So it doesn't seem like I have to really plan this whole thing because you know, like I said, removing those barriers to actually getting stuff done yeah. is, is the first thing. <laughs> right, exactly. I yeah. mean, we're reading Atomic Habits for uh, mm-hmm. or like a company, like book club. Mm-hmm. Right now, we just finished it and it's like one of the rules in there is like make it easy, or like make it obvious as well, right? And mm-hmm. so like if we want to make those CEO days as easy as possible, it's just, you know, block it out entirely, right? Like no plans, like it'll be easier to say no. Like I've already allotted this entire day for myself. Yep. Right. Um, yeah, because I've, I've done, um, I call it quarterly circles. Um, more on the personal side, not like with two laundry. Um, but I'm sure I'll incorporate this like business now for the next one that I do in a couple months. Of um, I've actually taken the semi-opposite approach there of, <laughs> of actually booked out, um, let's say, not an Airbnb, but similar, like the getaway houses. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like through glamping hub um, and places like that where it's like there's a yurt um, That's place awesome. yeah at uh, near Lake Norman actually yeah and so like I've booked out um, let's say two three nights there and no, just, that's a good because yeah. that forces you to really do it right <laughs> yeah, so yeah with my approach even though it um, is easier I could very well say eh, I'm gonna take that call today or do something else right but with you you have booked it. <laughs> yeah. You paid money, so you're yeah. gonna go. So yeah. that's great. <laughs> it's like I've invested yes. time and money into that. Yep. yep. Yeah. Cool. Well, I can't wait to see pictures of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so I I started doing it last year. Um, yeah. So did did one there. Did it at like a trailer, actually in, uh, um, uh, like in South Carolina, like an hour south of here, um, and it was like amazing. The first time I did it, I was like why why don't i do this every weekend hmm. but may not be logistically possible but then it's like why don't other people do this because um, you see like you know the um let's say quote unquote successful people like let's say ceos of, like bigger companies or um like all those people taking that time maybe they have more access to do that um but it's like if that's a key habit that they're doing that's you know why not act like that at the beginning, no matter what our revenue level is. Yes. Right. And it doesn't have to cost any money, right? Yeah. Just sit in a different part of your house. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> Go to a coffee shop, whatever yeah, you need to do. Exactly. Yeah. Um, perfect. Is there uh, um, is there anything that that you wanted to mention um, I guess as we start wrapping up here? Is this anything on your mind, like ideas-wise, that, uh, let's say, you've been thinking about for recently? Because I'm always thinking let's say (laughs) um so i just wanted to get inside your head there 
Yeah, I think we talked about it already, but the biggest thing I've been thinking about is just really reflecting on this idea of failure not being okay. And mm. I've really come 180 on from failure not being an option to failure being required in life. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't make any sense the other way around. You're, you're not learning as fast if you're not trying something and you're right. not failing. So that's been the biggest thing that I've been thinking about lately because I still find myself naturally being afraid to fail and keeping myself from trying something when I just need to actually be failing more. Right. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. How, how do you feel about where's that balance between like, because I think I may have like a fear of success as well. Right. And sometimes it may be disguised as fear of failure, fear of failure. Um, I'm not sure if those like that wording or like that, uh, that phrasing, if you've like thought about that as well as like fear of failure versus like fear of success as well and how that's like gone in your life I would say I do not have a fear of success yeah <laughs> ideally <laughs> I <yes>. don't think <laughs> um, but I, you know I can certainly see how that would show up in the same way and being afraid to you know take action on anything or have everything be perfect before before you want to do it I would say you know I don't do anything just completely messy there's always going to be some level of planning and, you know, yeah. some educated level of trying something. Yeah. It's never just something random. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, just don't be afraid to take chances, whether it's seeing how successful you can be or how much you can fail. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I think it's been a journey of, of uh, a failure on, on my end, but in, in, in you know, overwhelming silver lining way <laughs> well and yeah. what what are you failing at if are you failing at trying new things no yeah <laughs> you're not exactly <laughs> if that's you know the the part of life that you're in and so you know we all have quantifiable goals that we want to hit but mm -hmm. there are other things to your point of thinking about things and really you know it, taking away just numbers that we can be successful at otherwise too right mm -hmm. yeah which is not taught in corporate <laughs> right yeah i think there's a lot of things that and that's part of what i was trying to hint at of like mm -hmm. how do we reframe um and redefine an, an organization yes right like starting from the bottom up of like people and then uh then the organizational level and then who knows what from there right Mm -hmm. But perfect. Is, was there anything else that um, you wanted to mention or anything? No, just I, you know, love, I love connecting with the new people. And so anyone who's listening, if you want to chat, hit me up. Perfect. <laughs> and, and where, uh, any handles or anything like that yeah, where they can find you? Yeah, easiest place to find me is Instagram. It's Danielle underscore Jefferson James. The name of my company is Jefferson James Consulting. That's the website. And uh yeah, I just, I'm excited to be in this phase of my life where I'm connecting with all new people. It's great. Awesome. I, I can say the same exact thing of, of, uh, of beginning my journey, uh, leaning more into that, of, uh, of meeting people like-minded and different-minded as well, um, to le learn new things and to think about them from a different perspective. So this is amazing chat, Danielle. Uh, love the, the weather, love the amazing chat, uh, hopefully first of many. 
um, and hope I'll, I'll see you in a, in a few weeks, I guess, uh, yes. <laughs> at uh, Lauren's place. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Per- perfect. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Size Eyes, and I'll see you guys later.